Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I heard the uh, original version of that, which actually isn't the original version of that because that's the original version of that. You're used to probably the Manford Man version of that. Round and round we go, the Bruce Springsteen musical chairs carousel. I had no idea that um, Leave Us the Night by uh, Patti Smith was actually written by Bruce Springsteen. I did know that that song, Blinded by the Light, was written by Springsteen as well. Uh, Just a fun trivia for you on... uh, both sides of the coin. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Missing in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. The FCS playoffs brackets are out after the uh, end of the regular season. And the three seeds for the uh, Big Sky Conference. The Grizz get the two seed. Montana State gets the six. And Idaho in between with the four seed. And uh, the number one overall seed, unsurprisingly, belongs to South Dakota State. South Dakota, the Coyotes, the third seed. U Albany, the fifth seed. Furman is the seventh seed. And Villanova, the eighth seed. We're joined now by Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Our go-to guy when it comes to talking FCS on the national level. Sam, how you doing, man? What'd you think of the last weekend of the regular season? Well, it was it was pretty wild. Uh, you know, you you've sat next to me in the press box before during during week twelve when uh, you know I'm trying to update all all the results and what it means for the resumes and what it means for for the seeds. And so week twelve is always really busy, especially when you have you know some some upsets that that happened that certainly impacted the the, the playoff field. What do you think was maybe the biggest upset that impacted the playoff field either way? Yeah, I think both the top two, honestly, were probably uh, that happened in the SoCon. Uh, Furman losing uh, to Wofford, that knocked them back uh, several spots in the seeding. Uh, Western Carolina, um, them losing at VMI, that was a bad loss. Uh, you know, I thought Western Carolina would have basically been a lock to get in. If they would have yeah. won uh, that game, they would have finished 8-3. and three. Instead, they finished 7-4. and four. Um, you know, that probably allowed, you know, maybe like a Sac State or a Youngstown State, you know, to get in. And so um, those were probably the two most influential upsets that happened. Villanova beating Delaware. I mean, I know last week we talked that was kind of for a seed. Do you think that's still the case? Like if that would have gone the other way, would Delaware have been uh, a seed? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think the winner there was uh, for sure going to be a seed. I also think that result helped you, Albany, uh, because – uh, U Albany has, a, I believe, it was a 31 to 10 head-to-head win over uh, Villanova, um, and so my thought last week was, if Delaware wins that game, they're a seed. Maybe U Albany is a seed, maybe they're not. But if Villanova wins that game, then Villanova and U Albany are both seeds, and so I think that that result overall helped the CAA get two seeds in, in the playoffs. Yeah, okay, interesting. Well, it's it's going to be uh, fun. Let's talk about the teams that did get in, the teams that didn't get in around Big Sky Country. 
the one everybody's wondering about and a lot of people are opining about on the social medias and uh, on our text line as well is UC Davis being left out for the second year in a row. Sac State getting in, even though they lost to UC Davis 31-21 and had one less Big Sky Conference win. Uh, Kent Haslam, who was the chair of this committee and also the University of Montana Athletic Director, uh, he explained it on the selection show. He said, hey, you know, the fact that Nichols was in as the Southland champ and, and that uh, Sac beat them and as well as Sac State beating Stanford. Okay. Those are the things that sort of put them above. I don't know. I just think that the fact that UC Davis had a head-to-head against Sac State and one more conference victory, and they did that, did that without having their best their best offensive player uh, for a portion of the, the middle part of the year, I just thought UC Davis got snubbed. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so, too. And that was the one uh, team that I got wrong in my bracket predictions. I had UC Davis in, uh, and I had Chattanooga out of my bracket, um, and obviously the, the committee felt uh, otherwise. And, I mean, it's it's tough for UC Davis because, uh, yeah, I mean, they finished with the same record as Sac State. They have the head-to-head win um, in, in rather dominant uh, fashion for the most part. They certainly were in control of, of that entire game. And, and Land Larison is just a, an absolute difference maker uh, for that team. But even with the head-to-head, uh, they get left out. Uh, and even last year with UC Davis, I, I know they were 6-5 and five last year, and 6-5 and five rarely gets you into the playoffs. It has happened before, but not too often. I felt like last year's UC Davis team that had a head-to-head win over uh, Idaho, who I think finished seven and four last year. Um, I thought that was a good argument for UC Davis to get in uh, last season, but now this is uh, back-to-back years now where they basically fell, you know, one win short. And so that's uh, you know obviously tough for that team. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, talking all things FCS playoffs, which begin this weekend. Here are your first-round matchups that'll play out this weekend. Gardner-Webb is at Mercer. Duquesne is at Youngstown State. NC Central, that's North Carolina Central. They're at Richmond. Nichols, the Southland champ, is at Southern Illinois. He got an at-large bid out of the Missouri Valley. Sac Sac State, excuse me, has to go to Grand Forks to take on North Dakota. Drake, the Pioneer Football League champion, they go to Fargo to take on North Dakota State. Chattanooga, uh, SoCon, they take on Austin P. And Lafayette, they take on Delaware. Obviously, the home teams in all of these are the teams that, in terms of their accomplishment so far, are the ones that are, you know, quote-unquote, seeded higher, even though they only actually seed eight teams and therefore likely probably favored. Is there any games that you point to there that are going to be even matchups or that maybe the the host or the quote-unquote favorite maybe should be on upset alert? Yeah, I think Gardner-Webb going to Mercer, that should be a pretty evenly uh, matched game, and so I'm... I'm intrigued uh, with that one. And then the other one I'm also pretty intrigued with is NC Central going to Richmond. Uh, two weeks ago, you know, at this time, we didn't envision NC Central making the playoffs. Uh, they, they are the defending Celebration Bowl champs, but they got upset uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and so, you know, if you, if, if you don't represent the MIAC in the Celebration Bowl or if you don't represent the SWAC uh, in, the, in the Celebration Bowl, uh, you are eligible for an at-large bid into the FCS playoffs. And, uh, we saw that last year, or two years ago, excuse me, uh, with Florida A&M, um, and now we see it this year with NC Central. Um, and the Eagles were, were ranked as high as, I want to say, number seven uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, in the FCS. Uh, they have a really, really good quarterback, Davius Richard. Uh, he's a really good thrower, really good runner, one of the better dual-threat quarterbacks um, in the FCS. And, you know, that's a, a pretty common question in the FCS world is, you know, how, how well can uh, the top teams from the MIAC or the SWAC, how well can they compete in the FCS playoffs? 
uh, you know, how well could Jackson State have competed in last year's playoffs? And some people were asking that about NC Central just a few weeks ago when they were ranked as high as number seven. You know, could this team compete deep into the playoff brackets? And, and now we get to find out. You know, they go to Richmond. Uh, Richmond's an, an okay CAA team, uh, but NC Central already has three CAA wins uh, already um, in the non-conference. And so uh, I kind of like NC Central to be one of the more favorable teams to, to go on the road and get a win here in the first round. When it comes to the teams that got the top eight seeds, again, for those that are just joining us, South Dakota State, the one seed in the FCS playoffs. Montana gets the two seeds, so they each have home field throughout. Uh, the Grizz side of the bracket includes South Dakota as the three seed, Montana State as the six seed, and Furman as the seven seed. South Dakota State side of the bracket includes Villanova as the eight, U Albany as the five, and Idaho as the four. Was there any controversy there or anything that you thought wasn't necessarily lined up with what you, how you broke down the eight seeds, Sam. Well, I I I don't have a problem with the, with the eight seeds themselves. Uh, that is, uh, I projected those same eight teams. Uh, I, I did have some things switched around. Like I had U Albany at four and Idaho at five, um, but I, I certainly get the argument for uh, Idaho uh, as the as the number four seed. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't even remember the last time an eight and three team has been a top four seed. It's got to be many, many years since, since that has yeah. happened. Uh, but, you know, overall, that top five, that's the same top five I had. Um, I, I did have Villanova as the sixth seed and Montana State as the eighth seed. Hmm. Um, and so I got the same eight teams, but I was I was pretty surprised that Montana State got the sixth seed when I saw that pop up on the TV. Uh, I thought that number eight seed was going to be between Montana State, North Dakota State, or potentially uh, Austin P. Um, I, I, I did... Uh, or I do believe that Montana State has the resume uh, to be a seed, and so you know, no issue at all that they are a seed. I just, you know, for them to be the number six seed, that that kind of, uh, you know, surprised me uh, a little bit there. When it comes to the top half of the bracket, I think you and I would both agree that South Dakota State is the overwhelming favorite there. Of course they are. I mean, they're the defending national champs. They're number one in the country. They're undefeated. But I would be, I would be utterly shocked if South Dakota State didn't come out of the top side of the bracket. Then on the bottom side of the bracket. The Grizz certainly have a favorable path because the games are in Missoula, but, I mean, to me, I think all four of those seeded teams on the bottom side of the bracket, I mean, it wouldn't be that crazy if any of them wound up in Frisco, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that that side, Montana side and, and Montana State side, too, uh, I think that is certainly the, the more challenging side uh, of the bracket. Uh, I do, you know, really like Montana's path to the semifinals, you know, that corner that they have. Um, I mean, they'll probably play Delaware. That at Montana shouldn't have a problem with Delaware. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Austin P make a decent run here and beat Chattanooga and, and then beat Furman uh, as well. Um, but even if Furman does win that game, you know, Furman going to Montana, I think that's pretty favorable for the Grizz. As far as who the Grizz could play in the semifinals, yeah, man, that is that, that corner of the bracket, in my opinion, is easily the toughest. Uh, I mean, Sac State, UND, that's going to be a close game. Either one of them can go to South Dakota, uh, the number three seed, and get a win there. For sure. Uh, then in Montana, then Mo- Mo- uh, Montana State's pod. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Drake is not going to beat NDSU. You know that's that's pretty obvious. But totally, uh, the Bison going to Montana State next weekend. That's probably one of the more juicy second round matchups. And so I could see Montana playing North Dakota State in the semifinals. I can see them playing South Dakota. Um, and I mean, I I think Montana versus Montana State. Uh, in the semifinals is certainly more than possible, and that would, you know, maybe maybe break the state of Montana if that were to happen. But uh, that one corner of the bracket there with Montana State and, and those other teams is really, really loaded. 
Sam Herter here on Sports Show. And us here on Dewan is now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You can find all of his great coverage. Plus, if you want a visual of this FCS playoff bracket, just visit heroesports.com. Right there on the front page, they have links to all sorts of FCS coverage, uh, particularly this bracket, how the, all the seedings went down. Do you think, I don't know, I mean, does we know originality sort of goes into it. I mean, do, do you think that maybe that went into sort of the, the different order and seeds that that you, you thought maybe? I mean, Montana State being the sixth seed, I agree. I thought that was maybe a spot or two higher than I thought they'd be after they lost to the Grizzlies like they did to finish 8-3. and three. But I mean, North Dakota State's number eight in the national poll this week. So you're playing one of, you know, you're playing like, a, I guess at the very worst, like a top 12 team and probably more like a top 10 team in your, in your second round game. And that's just one example of this. I mean, same thing. I mean, Sac State was in the top 10 last week, and now they're playing on the road in the first round. So South Dakota, you know, maybe that's a tougher draw. Do you think that had an influence on just, you know, the regionality of it all, but also maybe just giving a a little bit higher of a seed to either Montana State or USD just to get uh, tougher second-round matchups, more regionally favorable second-round matchups? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, how they – it is a regionalized bracket. You know, I think a lot of – a lot of people realize that. As far as the order of the seeds, um, you know, technically, you know, how, how it works is each committee member votes for who they think should be a seed, and then it's kind of just like your basic poll. You know, they, the computer spits out, you know, this is the team that got the most votes for a seed and the second most, and they kind of order things uh, from there. And once the one through eight seed order um, in the voting po- uh, total points are, um, are, are total, they aren't supposed to, to move those seeds around. Um, and so it could have been just, you know, by happenstance that Montana State got the sixth and they just they just so happened to avoid, uh, you know, Montana uh, number two, um, you know, and not getting the number seven seed to avoid that quarterfinal matchup. Or Montana State just happened to not get the number eight seed to avoid, you know, Montana State. Um, and South Dakota State, you know, in the quarterfinals, it's, it's kind of hard to know, you know, what happens uh, in that room. But, uh, you know, the good news is next year, uh, it seems promising that they're going to seed 16 teams uh, in the bracket, um, and that will get rid of uh, some of the more regionalization of the bracket where uh, teams 9 through 16 uh, get a guaranteed first-round game, um, and then, you know, the winner of, of the 9 uh, seed, the winner of that game would play the 8 seed, and then, you know, all the way down where the number 1 seed would play the number 16 seed or whoever wins that game instead of where we have it now where, yeah, I mean, NDSU is, was probably the number 9 team uh, you know, in, in the playoff committee's, uh, I guess, uh, order of their best teams. And, you know, Montana State, you know, very likely gets the toughest rather as the sixth seed drawing, you know, probably the ninth best team, you know, in this bracket by the seed order. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here. On to Wazdowski, Radio. Okay, last one for you then. I also was just interested in Idaho's draw because they're on the south, same side of the bracket as, as South Dakota State. Um but also, they're, they're going to play the winner of the Southland champion in Nichols and Southern Illinois. Probably think Southern Illinois is going to move on, but who knows? I mean, I actually watched Nichols against Sac State. thought they were pretty good. They play hard for sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I just automatically think a, a Missouri Valley team as a second-round draw for uh, a four-seed in Idaho. It just, it just seems like a tough draw if that's who they end up playing is Southern Illinois. Yeah, that that will be a, an interesting game because uh, you know Southern Illinois they have some really really talented uh, defensive backs. You know maybe one of the more talented secondaries uh, in the FCS. Uh, PJ Jules is the name to know, uh, defensive back for for Southern Illinois. I think he has uh, next level potential. So seeing them match up with 
you know, Hayden Hatton and Jermaine Jackson, and I think would be a really fun matchup. Uh, but the Salukis, they don't have, you know, as much firepower. So, so them going to Idaho to, to get a win uh, would be, you know, pretty difficult. Um, and, and if the Vandals do advance to the quarterfinals, you know, they would likely face UAlbany. Um, and UAlbany, you know, they, their quarterback is Reese, uh, Reese Poffenbarger. He finished second in last year's JRS Award voting. Um, and then Giovanni McCoy, obviously the Idaho quarterback, uh, he finished first in JRS Award voting last year. And so uh, that'd be a matchup of, of two of the better quarterbacks, younger quarterbacks in the FCS. Uh, UAlbany also has a really, really good defensive line. And so seeing them uh, go up against Idaho's offensive line that has struggled to pass protect, uh, you know, that would be a pretty interesting matchup as well. But I, I think overall the Vandals, Probably like their path to the semifinals uh, if they take care of business. Um, and then Jason Eck returning to Brookings to face South Dakota State. Oh, that maybe. would be a, you know, a pretty juicy matchup right there as well. Man, we can have some some uh, some doozies in, in the semifinals just dreaming down the road. You're right. Jason Eck going back to Brookings to take on South Dakota State. That'd be epic. North Dakota State coming to Missoula would be epic. Montana State coming back to Missoula. Would it be epic? Heck, even Bob Nielsen's team, the South Dakota Coyotes coming back here. They played a home-and-home recently. That would be fun, too. But those other two, I mean, those would be story games with a ton of hype behind them. He's Sam Herder. You can find all his great writing at Hero Sports. All right, I'm going to see how much I learned from you. I'm just going to go through and give you my picks for the first round. You can tell me where I'm wrong. I'm going Gardner-Webb over Mercer, Youngstown State over Duquesne, Richmond over North Carolina Central, Southern Illinois over Nichols, Sac State on the road over UND, Drake, not Drake, North Dakota State over Drake. Sorry, I skipped a line there. Uh, I got Chattanooga over Austin P and Delaware over Lafayette. Anybody that uh, you're pushing back on there, Sam? Yeah, you know, there, there's several there that I, I might go the opposite uh, way. I do like Mercer uh, at home. Uh, I do like NC Central going on the road as well, uh, going to Richmond um, and getting a win. Um, I, I like Austin P uh, as well over Chattanooga. Mm, okay. The, 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 the Sac State UND one, I'm kind of torn on. I, I, I'm leaning UND uh, right now a little bit, mostly due to the home field advantage. For sure. The Alaris Center can, can get really, really loud. Yeah, it's Sac a tough State place to play. Really it's a good venue. People yeah. that don't know that, it, that the Alaris Center is definitely a, a, a an upper echelon venue in the in the in the uh, FCS. It's a good. It's a it's a tough place to play. Yeah, it gets really loud there. And Sac State hasn't really dealt with adversity very well. But at the same time, it is Thanksgiving weekend, and these games draw not very good. And so True. maybe the home crowd won't be a factor for UND. I'm kind of torn there. Um, I might lean UND there. Uh, just to differ from you, <laughs> differ from you one more time there. But I think overall it should be a pretty entertaining uh, first round. Most of these games should be rather close. Uh, but Youngstown State should win decisively. North Dakota State should win decisively. Every other game should be rather close, in my opinion. He's Sam Herder. Go check him out, heroesports.com. He usually joins us on Wednesdays, but to sub it in here on a Tuesday, as this is our last show of the week. Sam, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the first round of the playoffs, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being here. All right, you as well. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I do think that the most even matchup in the first round is Sac State at North Dakota, and I only pick Sac State because, you know, as a Big Sky Conference country, I'm a Big Sky Conference guy. I actually don't know if Sac State has the gusto or the momentum within the scope of this season to go on the road and win a tough road game at a Missouri Valley school, but you never know. I just, uh, I guess if, if I think that you're probably lucked out to get in, then I hope you can go figure out a way to win. So I was down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. There's a whole bunch of football games on Thursday and Friday in the NFL. Brooks Nuanas and myself will break them down right after this.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. Play so much music on this show, and then sometimes we'll play an artist or a song that I know we've never played before. And it sort of blows my mind that that has never happened. My mom was a huge Linda Ronstadt fan, and we listened to Linda Ronstadt growing up a bunch. And uh, that's definitely the first time we've ever played Linda Ronstadt on the show. We also played a little Almond Brothers earlier today. That's one of my dad's favorites. We certainly played a little bit of Almond Brothers, but we never played that song. So we're just keeping it fresh here on the DJ list. One of the craziest parts about the end of the regular season in the Big Sky Conference and high school football ending right before Thanksgiving is it's like this abrupt just leap off of a cliff because you work 100 hours during the rivalry week, and then the next week we always have a short week because we get Thursday, Friday off. We're off on Nuanas now here uh, starting tomorrow as well. So we'll be off Wednesday through Friday, not back until next Monday. And then we're back into it, back into the playoff grind for the FCS playoffs and back into the stretch run for the NFL. It's just weird because it's like this abrupt halt. So we don't mean to leave you hanging, but we do want to get it all football the time in. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on Nuana's Now. And uh, usually you'll listen to this on Thursdays, but of course on uh, this Thursday, I'm pretty sure all of you are going to be sitting there uh, sleeping off your turkey and uh, watching a whole bunch of football. So we're going to do some guess the lines like we always do. We'll talk about... I think the uh, the primary games that we think all you guys are going to be watching, there's three on Thanksgiving, one at 10.30, one at 2.30, and one at 6.30. Then there's another on Friday at 1 p.m. And then, uh, of course, there's the full Sunday slate, Sunday night football, Monday night football. So we'll get to all the uh, the primetime games that we think you guys are going to be watching. Thanks for being here, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. We lit it up last week. I, I hit every single pick I made except one and I tied that to like I don't know three quarters of my bets and Tommy DeVito went back home to his parents house at night as a New York Giants quarterback and just smashed the, the Redskins. The shoe shine boy how about this guess how many so he threw three touchdowns. Yeah and, the, and Sam Howell threw three picks and that's how that works that's uh, math. Kenny Pickett's still waiting on his first three touchdown game in his career. In his career. Absolutely. I believe Sam Howell is as well. Tommy DeVito's got one. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> It's 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 amazing. 
It's truly, it's truly amazing. Okay, uh, no time to waste. So let's do some guest lines. This is presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in the state of Montana, Sportsbet Montana kiosk close by. You can go on their website or their app. Just find uh, locations or f- where to bet, and uh, they'll let you know where a, a kiosk is. Uh, any any teams that have like really risen back up to the top level? I think that the Niners are back sort of into that top. They are. I have the Niners. Well, as let me let the me third. See, let me hear your Brooks tears out the league, and this is sort of how we gravitate towards what tier, we pick. Yeah. Tier one: Philly, yep. Kansas City, yep. San Francisco, Baltimore. Kansas City's got to learn how to catch the ball. It's, the, it's 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 the most simple problem in the NFL, but. It's obviously not because they've lost two out of their three games because they can't catch. Yeah, they have the worst receiving crew in the league, and they can't really address that right now. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is obviously the biggest differentiator in the game. So it doesn't either. I still put him at number two. I still think that on a, a neutral field, they beat beat those other two teams. Yep. Uh, tier tier two: Dallas, Detroit, Miami, and Cleveland. The reason I have Cleveland there is just because of some of what's happening in the AFC North, and just because their defense is absolutely silly. I watched the whole yeah, Pittsburgh game on Sunday. I mean, I think this is the what? year. I think this is the year that the NFL should take a stand, and the writers and all the voters, and it should be a defensive MVP, not a defensive MVP, not the player of the year. The MVP of the league should go to the defensive player, and I think it should go to Miles Garrett. I agree. I mean, I just don't. Add, there's a lot of season left. There's still you know what seven games left, six seven games. So yes, that's my take as of right now. But running for tier three, I love this. This is my favorite jump. I do six tiers. My favorite jump of the whole season. Guess who's lead, leading tier three? We're about to find out this week if mm. it's true or not. But they are leading tier three. And I don't. I I think it's completely fair. The Vikings. Vikings are in the bottom of tier three. The fourth team in tier three. Uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah, Houston Texans. Houston. Good. Houston, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Minnesota. And then the tier four are the teams that are sliding. Seattle. We'll see about the Saints. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. And then there's the rest. Seattle's so weird, man. I Seattle's bad. Seattle was good early. No, Seattle's bad. I think the the, uh, the Kenneth Walker injury is hurting them for sure. Well, and Gino just fell off a cliff. And if you haven't seen the hit that he took from Aaron Donald this this week, got, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, fell off a cliff. I think he got thrown off. The we cliff. are going to talk about this line here just real shortly. Actually, let's uh, jump into those lines right now. But uh, Seattle, Gino might not play this week, and it's going to affect the line. If you like what we talk about with Seattle, I'd jump on it. Let's start with the first game. Just one little, one little interjection here miles garrett <laughs> these are these are the greatest numbers i've ever seen miles garrett has 33 tackles 30 of which are solos 13 of which are sacks and 26 which are with behind the line of scrimmage he has 26 tfls and 32 tackles if you're if he if you're close enough to miles garrett for him to tackle you you're certainly behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> Also has four forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and two block kicks. I'd, yeah, I'd say he's probably the, uh, the leader in the clubhouse for the, uh, the MVP. If you ask any left tackle, if you ask any offensive lineman or any offense in the entire league, who do you want? I'm going to give you these guys. Do you want to go against Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Micah Parsons? If I get to Miles Garrett, he leads the crew right now times two. It definitely like, does. It's not even close. Because he's he is the single best defensive lineman in the NFL against the run, and he's also the single best pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, there hasn't been a guy that encompassed both of those things since Reggie White, truly. Absolutely. I think that he is one of the five or six greatest defensive linemen of all time. I mean, he's How already... How cool is that, though? That he was the... I mean, he was like the... He was the... the the hype man, the guy, he was the number one recruit in the whole country. Yeah, since you want to say he's like LeBron or something. He, he is. is. He's, he's really like, is. One, yeah. he's like in that LeBron thing where he was like the number one recruit forever. And people couldn't understand why he went to Texas A&M. They probably paid him whatever. 
But then he was just like the number one guy, and he kept being the number one. And then he gets stuck in Cleveland, and now he's got – I mean, they're literally going to win their division maybe with P.J. Walker as their quarterback, and it's because of him. Okay, I digress. All right, let's go to the uh, the picks. Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. I mean, is there a more classic oh, Thanksgiving man. matchup? It's going to be early in the morning. <laughs> as, the Packers come off a big win against the Chargers where the Chargers more or less blew it because yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. The Lions come back win against the Bears. The Lions are still rolling. What say I you? Got, I got – I got Ty Gregorak into the NFL. He's he was spending so much of his football life just watching film as a coach. He's never watched the NFL. Now he's into it, and his son is into it too. So Ty has just been geeking out. But like he said earlier, he's like, forever the only NFL games I ever get to watch with the Lions on Thanksgiving. Right, right. He's like, now I get to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving, and I'm so stoked about it. It's in Detroit. It's in, in Detroit. I, I'm saying the Lions are uh, touchdown favorites at home, six and a half, seven and a half with the hook there, yep. forty eight and a half over and under, which. I think it's a little high. Both teams can score. They did, the Lions have just been getting into these weird shootouts. They kind of have they've also been playing like not great on uh, defense. Poor defense. Yeah, but no, like they, they haven't been, been playing great. Bad scoring defense. Yeah, they haven't been playing great on defense, and it's still kind of a high number. So last week, Coulter, the over unders in the NFL five, of the games five overs, nine unders, and then with the favorites. Five favorites covered, nine did not cover. So five and nine on both of my favorite categories to kind of look at the simplified version of it. So seven and a half points for the Lions. Again, still in the range where you could tease that down to two and a half, um, which I like kind of across the board here. Second game, the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. In Dallas, Commanders have just been so bad. They've actually been worse at home than they have been on the road, though. Coming off, but, but that's it, a tough loss to come off with their, what they're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, no, I mean, they just completely blew it against the Giants. You can't give up 31 points to the shoeshine boy. It's no. just, it just can't do it. You like the Cowboys more than me, but the Cowboys, when they get teams that they are uh, supposed to pound, they have I do like the Cowboys more than you. The thing about the Cowboys is if they get a lead, they win. No, that's right. And when they play teams that they're supposed to beat, they rip their faces off. Yeah. I mean, they they beat the Giants 40 to nothing. They beat the Patriots 38 to nothing. They're just so year. much better on D than people give them credit for. They, like, absolutely they think are. it's Micah Parsons, but it's not, man. I it's, mean, Jerome Bland is lighting it up, former Stack State no, for sure. corner. I mean, they're lighting it. Uh, I'm saying that the Cowboys are, this is going to be a big spread. I'm saying the Cowboys are 11.5 point favorites at home. Yeah, you nailed it. 11.5 on the dot. I guessed 12.5, so I was close. Same ballpark, 49.5 point over under. Coulter, I think that this week, uh, not on Thanksgiving for Riverboat Ron, uh, Ron Rivera, head coach for the Commanders. I don't think it's this week because he's got too much respect to get fired on Thanksgiving. But I do think that later in this uh, in this docket, we will talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Brandon Staley gets fired this week, and wow. I think that Ron Rivera gets fired. If if they don't get fired this week because of Thanksgiving, I think they get fired. Well, the thing about it soon. is the thing about it is that Ron Rivera's future is in question because of his age and his health. He he didn't sign a contract extension in the offseason because of that. And they also have a ready-made replacement ready for him. I mean, they hired Eric Bieniemy away to, I think, to see if he could handle their organization and to sort of feel them out. But there's no way that Eric Bieniemy doesn't get hired out from under Andy Reid as a head coach and then leaves Andy Reid and then doesn't get a chance as at least an interim coach of Ron Rivera gets. Yeah, there's something I don't know enough about the inner workings of. Like, I only that know stuff. all that just because Marty Mordaweg is great friends with Ron Rivera. Oh, I just know that Eric Bieniemy would be a head coach if if he was. Uh, he had the chops for it. He obviously doesn't. There, there's probably I mean, a lot it, to that. There's a lot of talk about, you know, there's not there's not enough black head coaches in the NFL. Uh, we talk about the Rooney Rule a lot. Yep. He gets the, you know, the token interview. I, I don't really know if any, I, I believe all of that in the big picture of the NFL, but when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, he would be hired if he had the chops. Uh, all right, so let's go. That's the, th- the final Thursday. San Francisco at the Seattle Seahawks. 
Uh, man, it's, the fact this is at Lumen Field, I think that the because the the Seahawks are reeling and Geno Smith's like questionable for this one, right? I mean, I th- I, I think it's hard to say that he's not. I mean, that was... he's such a big hit, and Kenneth Walker's absolutely out. Yeah, um, Charbonnet is a good backup. Charbonnet is fine. He's but good. If they yeah. play Drew Locke, I mean, this line will, will triple, so double at least. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, I just think that this if this was anywhere but in Seattle, you know, neutral field, I think the Niners are ten point favorites in San Francisco. I think they're two touchdown favorites. Uh, because it's in Seattle, though, I'm going to say that the Niners are. It's either six and a half or seven and a half. Yep, six and a half. You nailed that. I think that if you like the Niners, I'd go today and get that that number. I yeah. think it's going to go up again. If this game was Sunday, three four days, like what they talked about with Geno, is he has like a bruised tricep, just the way he got hit. Um, you know, as we talk about with bruising, it's a little different than anything else. I mean, three days is a lot. So the fact it's on Thursday, it's a quick turnaround after a tough loss to the Rams. Um, I don't like Seattle in this spot. I think San Francisco is going to get rolling. Um, I think that if you like six and a half and you want to tease it down, Colton, you could tease down the Lions to two and a half, the the uh, uh, Niners to two and a half, and the Cowboys to four and a half, and parlay those together for a little Thanksgiving fun. Yeah. Uh, and tell me real quickly, will this quick hitter one sentence how does detroit lose they don't how does dallas lose man they don't and how does san francisco lose if they get overwhelmed by the deal the seahawks just pull out some magic and yeah fred warner out. mentally weak <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to say how the Niners lose I, I, like we do that Brock Purdy like the, the the Seahawks are pretty good on D if Brock Purdy glitches out that's a really tough place to play I don't think there's any way the commanders or the Packers win I, I completely agree so you could probably have those two together maybe stay you know a separate ticket with your San Francisco on there but I just think that there's some overwhelming favorites there especially on on a holiday day yeah. you want to get back to your family it's a it's a cheap bye week because you get the four days extra yep. I like I like the favorites on the on the weekend. All right, uh, awful ball of time presented by Sports Bet Montana. Brooks Nuanas joining me. Coulter Nuanas here uh, on ESPN Radio, taking you right into your Thanksgiving Day weekend. So those are your Thanksgiving matchups: Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks. Then you get a little uh, Thanksgiving hangover special, a little matinee. Black Friday, great idea here. Great idea. One o'clock. This is perfect. Sign me up for this. And you're gonna be shopping all morning. Oh, I'm be out, man, doing my thing. Uh, I've never shopped on Black Friday. On Should real, I? Is, uh, do you I, recommend? I don't know. On a real, I'm oh, doing okay. something I've never done before. I am uh, I'm wow. doing a remote broadcast from Bob Ward's on Friday. So come on down and hang out with me. Uh, that'll be fun. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've never done Black Friday before, so I'm going to be a guy that's just sitting there watching everybody else do Black Friday. It's actually I'm actually very excited. I think it's going to be hilarious. You should get in early, do some dumpster diving. <laughs> do, like what time? In, are you there? Uh, not till 10. Okay, wow. So you're going to miss all of the good coats and hats. and That's okay. Uh, they don't open till a little. It's, it's not a 6 a.m. opener, so we're, we'll oh, be all right. Okay, well, I'm it's glad. It's got some good sales. Come on, hang dialed. out with us uh, down, at, uh, down at Bob Ward's on, uh, on, on Friday. Uh, so 1 p.m. kick, Dolphins, Jets. I mean, dude, the Jets, I still... I still proclaim have one of the best defenses. Can in the we league. splice in your preseason takes on the Jets, like right behind this? Dude, you got dude. hard knocks, dude. Dude, you were all in. I, yeah, because them. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's forty-one. Loved you. He's loved not, the Jets. He's not the worst quarterback in the history. I mean, dude, they're the worst offense that I can think of off the top of my head. I was just racking my brain. Who's worse on offense than them in the last in our football conscious minds? The Pittsburgh Steelers currently, but dude, let's move on. Yeah, from right, that. dude. The Jets haven't scored a touchdown in a month. The Steelers can't outgain anybody. They score tu- a couple touchdowns every one. The Jets have. They not do scored. not score a couple. Okay, whatever, not. dude. Yeah, the, Jets have, the Jets have not scored a touchdown in a in a, a in a month. 
Dude, my four, notes. Do you want to read my notes? Four weeks. It says Jets, LOL. <laughs> four weeks, no touchdowns. What do you think the line is? Oh, man. Dolphins by... 40 degrees at kick is the is the weather report. Dolphins by two scores. Dolphins by 13 and a half. You nailed it on top of it. 48 and a half point over under. So the Dolphins score 38. The Jets score three. We're going to take the under. Yeah, how is it a 48 point over under? Seemed high. There's a couple Especially high Especially if they're ones. 13 and a half point favorites. So there's the book's saying the Jets are going to score in the high teens to yeah. low 20s? Yeah, no way, dude. With, uh, what's his name? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Not calling her Pat. Tim. Tim. Not calling her Pat. Tim Boyle. Shout out Boyle Brothers if you guys are listening. Tim Boyle. Go look up his college stats, man. They are electric. <laughs> Tim Boyle so was a serious boy player. In one New York deal. We need to find another nickname. At least nickname. Tommy DeVito like, threw touchdowns and stuff we in college. Need, we need to find another nickname for, for Tim Boyle. Well, it's Aaron Rodgers' best Jets. friend. It's such a weird thing. Their whole thing is weird. Who thinks that like Aaron Rodgers should be making like GM decisions? It's so ridiculous. With with his other best friend, Nathaniel Hackett, also pulling the strings. Like, does people know? Like, they've watched Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, he do people really under understand like his GMing has got the Packers for twenty years nowhere? <laughs> LeBron's GMing gets to the finals for 10 years straight. 10 Aaron years Rogers straight. At least he get like nowhere. four or five yeah, rings. Right. Like Aaron Rodgers had like at the absolute peak of his powers, won the MVP and won the Super Bowl. And guess what? There's been quite a few guys that have that little resume right there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Sunday games, there's a whole bunch of close ones. I, at least I would imagine there are in terms of the spreads. I have no idea what Saints-Falcons would be. Steelers-Bengals, yuck. Can I, can I read you some funny ones real quick? Yeah, please. Beforehand, can I interject and just tell you uh, Tim Boyle's college stats? Yes, please. Tim Boyle played for three years at Connecticut. Didn't play a ton. Played UConn. in UConn. UConn, sorry. Um, Connecticut. No, I'm just teasing. That one, UConn. 133 completions for 275 attempts, so about 50%. <laughs> he threw one touchdown and 13 picks. Then the NFL. In college. Yeah, he's in the NFL. He threw one touchdown, Colter. His whole college career. One. <laughs> Guess how many threw his senior year? Zero. Zero, because he only threw one his sophomore <laughs> or his junior year. One. Go look up the stats, folks. It's okay. amazing. You should not bet on the Jets. Uh, all right. Here's my funniest thing in the middle of the week. The New England Patriots at the New York Giants. Oh, man. No idea. I don't care what the line is. The line is three and a half Patriots, so Gi- Giants are home dogs. Guess what the over-under is? Oh, man. The Patriots and the Giants. And it's a three and a half point spread. So they're saying that the Patriots are going to win this thing 16 to 12. So I'm saying the over-under is 31 and a half. 33. It's the lowest I've seen, man. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen lower than 33. Yeah, that, I mean, there's a there's a legitimate case to be had that, that one touchdown will be scored the game. I think there's a legitimate case that it's not on offense. That, that's true, too. Yeah, I mean, okay, tell me these spreads. I'm, I'm just looking at these, just looking at the schedule. Saints-Falcons has got to be a pick em. Pick em. Steelers-Bengals has got to be a pick em. Pick em. Bucks-Colts, Indianapolis is probably a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Correct. Uh, Jags-Texans, the Jags are probably three-and-a-half points. One-and-a-half points. Uh, Denver's at home against the Browns. They're probably just get the home field. I'm saying one-and-a-half or two-and-a-half. Yep. Uh, Cardinals-Rams, pick em. Pick em. The... Uh, and then the other two are more norm- normal. Buffalo Philly was the one I was the most off yeah, of. I, think, I guessed I think, eight and a half. You guessed eight and a half for the Eagles? Yeah. I would have said six and a half for the Eagles. Three and a half. Whoa. Okay. 
And then Chargers, that Chargers Ravens, Char- Ravens are th- six and a half? Uh, Chargers, Raiders uh, on the road. Or sorry. Chargers, Ravens is, is Sunday night Sunday night football. football, Ravens at Chargers. Yeah, I'm saying Ravens six and a half. I guess seven and a half, four and a half. Ooh, okay. So Slow. It's going to keep going yeah, those up. Those are low. Okay, and then Monday Tell night. me real quickly, how do you think the Ravens lose that game? They don't. Brandon Staley is getting fired. Let's move on to Monday night. Okay. <laughs> Monday night, the classic Chicago Bears at Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is a weird game. Especially because the, the Bears, Bears are like, like okay. They like have been showing They can run the football. That's half the battle in the NFL, man. He's got to be able to run it. They can run the football. They really can. Oh, man. It's kind of a bad spot for the Vikings, but the Vikings are coming off of that weird loss in Denver. I think it's a bounce-back game. I think that the Vikings take care of business here, but what do you think the line is? A bad one. Vikings minus three and a half. You nailed it. Yeah, it's a weird line. Three and a half, a little high. Obviously, you can tease that down. It's not a little high, though. It's what you need to make the book go. Like They're not just a two and a half point favorite for being at home. They got to give them a point because it's the Bears. But you can't give them more than a point because they're the Vikings still. It was. It's the only game on here that I kind of see as like a trap game. Mm. The other game I kind of see as a trap game, not a trap game, but like you're like, oh man, I'm all over that. I'm hammering it. But it's like might be a little closer than you think. The other one I think that is weird. I'm so I was so wrong about the Panthers. You were wrong about the Jets. I was more wrong about the Panthers. I mean, they're so bad. Yes, that's true. Uh, the Panthers at the Tennessee Titans. I'm like the Titans are four and a half point favorites. Kind of seems high. The Panthers, like you always say, Colter, they're gonna win two or three. And games. the Titans suck. Right the now. Titans are so bad. I was just like, is that a spot where the the Panthers can go in and win? If they were going to like New York and it's forty degrees and raining, but like sure. Tennessee will be tempered weather and like, I, I, why yeah. can't they win that game? Oh, man. All right. So uh, I think here's. I think you should just do a little four part parlay, money line parlay, or 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 do a teaser and just get the numbers as low as you can. Lions, Cowboys. And uh, Dolphins, and uh, just tease those spreads down if you want a little higher odds, or just pick the winners. Lions at home against the Packers, Cowboys against the Commanders, and then the Dolphins on the road uh, at the Jets. And uh, I would stay away from those games that are pickums. Although I would say hammer the Steelers because I don't think I think the Bengals are going to be dead in the water without Joe Burrow. Oh man, you try to tell us that we can't bet the Steelers yeah, no. for weeks. I'd stay away from that. Okay, stay away from it. I think the games uh, that there's value in. Colton, I'd stay away from a lot of these, honestly. The games that have value in it are if the Jags and the Texans sit at one and a half, and if you like the Jags because they're going to get rolling here, and you think that they have a good chance to yep. maybe actually make it happen, and they're only one and a half points. I mean, as we talk about this, as the season progresses, the good teams on the board right now are seven and a half, eleven and a half, six and a half, eight and a half. If you like the Jags and you think they're going to handle business within, you know, kind of a, a regional divisional rivalry. I think that there's some value to be had there. I also mentioned the Philadelphia-Buffalo game. If you like Philly there, uh, I mean, again, only three and a half. Tease it down under a field goal with one point. You're getting like minus 130 to win by a field goal. And I mean, we've seen the Bills. You can think what you want of them. I'm off the Bills, not a fan. Ken Dorsey firing the OC. You can call it what you want. Um, the Eagles can win in so many ways, and they don't have to play well at all, and they can still win. So here we are. It's because they got the best leader in the National Football League. And I'm, I'm willing to, I'm ready to say, man, I think Jalen Hurts is the best leader in the league. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Brooks Nuanas joining us on an all-football, all-the-time little pre-Thanksgiving edition. We won't be back with this for a long time. It'll be, it'll be uh, more than a week by the time we're back 
doing this segment. So thanks so much for uh, tuning in, and uh, good luck. All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Get that app in your life. It'll teach you all you need to know about the, uh, the wide world of, of sports betting in the state of Montana. Thanks for being here. Thank you. More to end the week. Long weekend coming up. It's a little Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits for you here on the way back. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Appreciate you for tuning in this week, this football season, this year, and always. We are off for the weekend here in about two minutes. We're rolling right into, we're joining actually in progress, uh, Philadelphia versus Cleveland. That's the 76ers versus the Cavs. A little NBA here on your Tuesday night. Uh, we're certainly going to talk some more NBA next week as well because uh, now we're, it's, it's getting to feel a little bit more like a basketball season. If you missed anything in the show today, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com, the M store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org for any and all of your blue and gold needs. It's a reflective time of year, a recharging time of year. I, you know, I, I I work so much. We all work so hard. I know everybody around uh, all over the place and people are all around Montana. Everybody works uh, a great amount. But the busiest week of our year is always the rivalry week, the state championship week. And it's a breakneck pace. It, it takes an, an unbelievable amount of uh, endurance and effort. But gosh, is it fun. And it's a, a reunion of sorts every year, and you get to see all these people, and it recharges me so much. And then we have a short week here. I get five days off to go watch football and just hang out with my family. And then we're into December, and it's the holidays, and uh, it's playoff football across the board. And it just uh, it's awesome. The older I get, the more I have gratitude for it. And I can't tell you how thankful I am uh, for this life, this opportunity, this radio show, everybody else that's involved in it. And to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you next Monday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure – 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.